Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick brings us a message entitled, Winning the Battle Through Worship. Brother Rick teaches us the eight things we need to know in the midst of life's battles, for surely we all must contend for the faith if we are to finish the race victoriously. God does not promise we will not face difficulty, but He does promise to be with us every step of the way through it. In this message, we receive encouragement to persevere as we approach our reward if we faint not. This message was taught at the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. On this broadcast, Brother Rick begins the message by giving an encouraging word to the young people at the service who had just come back from youth camp. Then he gave a health update and then read his text from 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 7-17. through 17. And now, here's Brother Rick. And your feet, would you? And this wonderful group that this morning uh, sung. I want you to stand because I'm old and if I can stand, you can. But anyway... 44 years ago today, at 7.35 at night, I walked into a youth camp and sat down on the back seat, lost. At 7.35, I couldn't make it to an altar. I fell at the pew I was in. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And uh, after church was over, I heard some older people talking. At the time, I called them prunes. In fact, I probably still call them that today if you don't know the truth. But anyway... I heard him say, this is a waste of time and money. Did you know that not only was I saved in that youth camp, the president of Oral Roberts Educational Fellowship that is over all Christian schools, both in this nation and around the world, was saved in that youth camp. The superintendent or bishop of Pentecost Church of God in Michigan was saved in that youth camp. There's a pastor this morning standing in North Carolina, pastoring 750 people that were saved on Tuesday night of that youth camp. I could go on and on and on of the results of that. This is not a part of the church of tomorrow. This is a part of the church of right now. And I want you to get a hold of that. Amen. Amen. Give them a hand. The second year, 1973, In youth camp, I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In August of 1974, in youth camp, I was called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 42 years I've been preaching. I've been around the world 35 times in 42 nations. We planted 403 churches thus far. And it all began where you were just a few days ago, it feels like. Let me encourage you, draw a bloodline and never look back (laughs) and know that what God is doing in you will not only affect your life, but will affect the world. Fifteen days before I went to that youth camp, I stood with a razor blade on my arm, contemplating taking my life. And this morning I was talking to my wife early this morning. I said to her, the lives that the devil tried to keep me from affecting. You can sit down. I got to keep standing. But anyway, I want to encourage you in the Lord 
that God has a plan for your life, a purpose for you. And I want to thank this church personally for standing with us, not only in prayer for the last year for the recovery of my health. You don't know, a year ago, January, I took a dirt nap. (laughs) My wife found me unconscious. And uh, this church and other churches have helped us to continue church planting, even when I was unable to get out of my recliner. And today, I'm glad to be back with you just from my heart to say thank you. Just to say thank you. How many of you know that we wouldn't be where we are without people praying? Amen. Somebody told me last night, it's so good to see you. I said, it's good to be seen, not viewed. Amen. I went to the doctor a year ago and he told me, he said, your heart will not improve. I said, really? He said, it's at 19%. Best you can hope for is 22. He said, I don't know. You might make it to 20 uh, or 21. He said, you might make it to 22% function. I said, all right. And he said, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Because I didn't go on and finish the sentence. I don't believe a word you're saying. How many of you know they're practicing? Yeah, they even tell you I'm a practicing physician. The great physician hadn't spoken yet. Amen. I I was going to get a second opinion. I went back in six months and it was 30%. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. In fact, he didn't hardly say anything. He didn't stay in there long. I went back in three more months, it was 33%. I went back in three more months, it was 36%. Then he said, apparently I was wrong. I figured that out first time I went to him. Now it's at 40%. (laughs) Ain't God good. I know it's bad grammar, but it's a good point. God's good. He's always good. He's faithfully good. Every good and perfect gift comes from him, and there is no bad. He's altogether lovely. I'm so thankful this morning. But through it all, everybody say through it all. How many of you know we want to be delivered from everything? Lord, have mercy. We're soft when it comes to walking with Jesus. Lord, I want a testimony minus the test. Do you know what amoni means? It means payment. That's why alimony means you fix and get some money from Al. If you don't pass the test. See, otherwise you just have an amoni. And I've never been to an ammonia service. I've been to test of ammonia services a lot of times. God taught me a lesson, and you're going to have to hear it this morning because I need to hear it again. <laughs> I quit preaching to people 40 years ago. I started preaching myself. People come up. I really enjoyed that. I'm thinking, well, I'm glad you did because I was talking to myself. <laughs> this morning, this is a message the Lord spoke to me through the battle. April 26th for my last checkup, I was sitting in church on a Sunday night, and the Lord spoke to me and said, what are you waiting on to worship me? Now, how many of you know when God asks a question, he's not looking for an answer, he already knows it. He's looking for you to get the answer. 
<laughs> and how many knows there's no good to lie to him because he already knew the answer for you give it or didn't give it. He said, what are you waiting on to worship me? And I said, uh, a number. I think you already know that. Because <laughs> I just wanted to see what my number was before I worship. You've never been like that. I know you, blessed saints. But how many of you know most of the time we want the end result before we ever feel like he's worthy oh, yeah. to slip our hands up? And here's what he said to me, Sister Gail. He said, you're alive today because of me. Your breath is because of me. Everything you have is because of me. And I'm worthy of worship if the number is there or is not there. If the number goes up or if the number goes down, I'm still worthy of worship. And in the midst of that, I repented. How many of you know it's okay to repent? Yeah. Calvary is not a one-time trip. ought to be a daily routine. Found myself in the altar weeping, crying, praying, asking God to forgive me because he's worthy. He's worthy of worship. He's always worthy of worship. While I sat in my seat, the Lord spoke to me, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 7. Open your Bibles this morning. I want to talk to you about winning the battle through worship. <laughs> so many times we don't realize the power of God. Let me just share with you. Many times we pursue the enemy, and the enemy will do you like a dog. He'll run you in a circle. And if you're not real careful, you'll pursue the enemy over and over and over and over and over with no progress. But let me tell you this. You will not pursue God without seeing change. And as you begin to pursue, everything begins to change. He's worthy of worship. Let's stand to our feet in reverence to the word. Chapter 7, verse 7. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together at Mizpah. Everybody say Mizpah. You ought to underline that circle it. Put an asterisk by Christmas tree light. That's an important word, mizpah. The word mizpah means covenant. They were at a place of covenant under attack by the enemy. Let me explain to you that the devil can only run you to a place of covenant, and then God will defend you. Very important to understand. Mizpah is where Laban overtook Jacob. And they made a covenant. And covenant was sealed then by taking a coin and cutting it diagonally. And I would give it to Bob and I would say, here's half of this. And we would say to one another, Lord, watch between me and thee while we're apart one from another. And that circle, when we put that coin back together, is where we got this ideal. A symbol of covenant. The enemy was at a place of covenant. He'll always run you until he runs headlong into Jesus. It's important to realize if you're at Mizpah or not. And the Lord of the Philistines went up against Israel, and the children of Israel heard it. They were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said unto Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hands of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. Everybody say the Lord heard him. And Samuel was offering up this burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered. Everybody say thunder. thunder. With a great thunder. Everybody say a great thunder. Great. Upon that day, upon the Philistines and discomforted them. I love this. And they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out to Mizpah. Everybody say Mizpah. Mizpah. 
And they pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came to Bethkar. And Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying this, Hitherto has the Lord helped me. I love what one translation says, and I want you to say it to me. Up to now, the Lord has helped me. Can you just lift your hand and say, up to now, the Lord has helped me. How'd you get back here, Brother Rick? Up to now, he's helped me. That's how I got back. You know the great thing about that? Tomorrow, it'll be up to now. (laughs) He's helped me. Next month, it'll be up to now that he's helped me. Next year, it'll be up to now that he's helped me because he's always going to be with me. I got to finish before I start preaching. Up to now, the Lord has helped me. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came not into the coast of Israel any longer. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel was restored to Israel, from Ekron to to Gath, to the coast thereof. Israel delivered out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And he went forth year to year in a circuit. In other words, in a circle. Now, here's where he went. To Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. To Gilgal. To Mizpah. To judge Israel in all those places. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life dot org. Thanks for listening.